today. Turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Well, like I said before, we are in, we are right in the most intense time of the election season. Everybody's out there trying to get your vote and they're all telling you the importance. The country is going to go into the toilet if you don't elect this candidate. And you know, everything's going to fall apart if you don't vote for me. And everybody's always claiming, you know, that this person, they're the one that's going to fix all of our problems. And listen, I thank God that we live in a country where we do have the ability to vote. I'm very thankful for that privilege. Many people have died so we can have that privilege. And I thank God we're not, we don't have, live in a dictatorship. Uh, we can vote. I mean, we are able to take, uh, the president, the most powerful man in this country, and as a people, we can go vote and we can get, we can get rid of him if we need to. And, but at the same time, I do not believe that the answer to our country's problems lies in who we vote for as a nation. Our politicians, I've said it before, I mean, they're, they're nothing but, they're nothing but puppets. And really, they go by what's gonna, they do what's gonna get them elected. And if we have more people who are righteous people, God-fearing people, moral people, then they're gonna need to be that to get elected. And our leaders are a reflection of us as a nation. And while I'm 100% for getting involved in that kind of stuff, and I hope you vote, but I, I and I I plan on voting, but at the same time, I'm not depending on my vote, and I am definitely not depending on any political candidate to be the one to make a difference in this country and to change this country and take it in the right direction. I believe that that's going to take place with God's people. He said, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, will heal their land." If there's going to be a difference made. It starts in places like this, in God's church, in the in the, in the local church, and so uh, that's kind of how we got our theme. I vote church. I'm not telling you that when you go vote to go write Liberty Baptist Church on all the ballots. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't do that. You know, vote for the candidates. Uh, you know, do it do it the right way. But I hope that it's everybody in here. I hope you have a desire. I hope you have a vision for our nation, for our community, that you want to see things change for the better. I hope you want to see revival take place in this nation. And I guess what I'm trying to, what I want to try to do in these next four weeks is to get you to try to make a difference through the local church. Because that's where it's going to happen at. In the local church, you say we're just a little church. We're a brand new church. We've not—I mean, we've just been going for a year now. How can we really make a difference? This is where it works. And thank God, we're not the only one out there. There's other churches all over this nation that are preaching the truth and that are fulfilling that great commission. But I believe all of us could be doing a lot more from the small churches to the big churches uh, to individuals. We need to be doing more to reach people. And there are things that you can do as an individual. That can not only uh, that can help this church do better, and there and they might and some of these things might seem like little things, but listen, they are very important. They're key if you want to make a difference. And uh, we're going to kind of take some things that we use in elections and compare them, and you find out that uh, they kind of apply in church too. And the main thing that you can do in an election. 
to make a difference. I believe you ought to vote. I used to work with a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses, and I remember it was 2004. It was during that campaign, and I remember you know everybody we'd be sitting there at lunch, and we're all talking politics and all arguing. I love a good heated debate. I love it. You know, if I see one going on, I'll usually jump in on it. And if there's not one going on, I'll try to start one. I just I like I like doing that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we were, we were in there and we're discussing these things and this Jehovah's Witness chimes in and he's just bashing both the candidates. It was President Bush and John Kerry at that time. He's just bashing both of them. And I, and I told him, I knew he was a Jehovah's Witness, and I said, Keith, I said, why are you even in this conversation? It's like, my opinion matters as much as anybody. It's like, no, it doesn't. So your opinion means nothing. And he's like, why do you say that? It's like, because you don't vote. Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in voting. They they do not. If you if you want to go to that church uh, and you vote, they'll uh, they'll get all over your case, where they might even kick you out. And he, they don't vote. And I said, listen, I said, politicians do not care about people like you. You do not matter to them because you don't vote. You have to. You like they want people who vote because that's what is going to get them elected. People who vote. Not just people who support them, but people who show up on election day. Listen, you can support whoever you want and you can say all kinds of good things about them, but at the same time, it doesn't mean anything if November 6th you don't show up and you don't vote for them. You have to show up on election day for your opinion to matter at all and if you're going to make any difference. Say, well, I supported this person. Well, did you show up? Did you vote for them? Well, then you didn't help. You did. In fact, you did absolutely nothing. Oh, but I thought that they were great. I said, you know, I said wonderful things. I'm, yeah, but did you show up and did you vote? Because if you don't vote, listen, they, they're not going to count. Okay, if we have a close, if it's close, like it was in 2000 in the Florida when they were recounting the votes and everything. Listen, they didn't go and call people up and say, hey, you know, what? they didn't call people that didn't show up to vote. They didn't go check with them. Hey, which one did you like? No, they didn't matter. They didn't show up on election day. Therefore, they had no influence. And a lot of people in states like Florida, they were kicking themselves, thinking, man, you know, I should have showed up. I should have voted. My vote really did matter. And I'm here today to tell you that one of the most important things you can do in a church is show up. Today we're going to be talking about church attendance. We're going to talk about showing up. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. You notice the theme verse on the banner there. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling. What are we doing right now? We are assembling. That's what a church is. A church is a called out assembly. We call this building the church, but the truth is it's the people that are the church, but at the same time, it's where the people are the church when they are assembled. If we're all off doing our own thing, well, we're not really assembled, are we? We're not really uh, doing the, uh, fulfilling that function of a church. A church, it's a called out assembly, a group of local. Of a lo- we believe in the local church. We don't believe in this universal church that kind of we're all members of if we're saved. While at the same time, you know, I believe. You don't have to go to this church to go to heaven. But at the same time, when the Bible talks about the church, he's talking about local called out assemblies. 
We are our own local church here. Just a month ago, we had our charter service. Our charter service. We are officially our own local body. Some other church can't come in here and some other group and say, "Hey, you guys need to start doing this. You need to start preaching on these things." They 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 can't do that. They don't have that right. We're an independent local church. Our authority comes from the Word of God, and I believe I believe that's the way it's supposed to be done. And we are a called out assembly in this passage. It talks about not forsaking it. Not forsaking it. One, we need to take church attendance serious. And listen, uh, I know this, I know we, I know we have visitors here today, uh, but those of you that have been coming here for a long time, I mean, I, I, I just want to say up front, I'm not trying to butter you up, but I thank God for your faithfulness. Alright, I know I'm preaching to a group today that uh, I believe understands the importance. But in case you don't, in case you think maybe you don't matter that much or you haven't really done anything, I hope by the end of this message that you see that that is definitely not the case. You just being here matters more than you could ever know. It is huge. It is so important. And everybody is important. You just showing up is huge. And just like in an election... What matters is who shows up and votes in church. It is so important who shows up every week. You know, because the truth is, a lot of people talk about going to church. I go out, I knock doors regularly, I visit. If everybody came here to church, who or came and visited, who said they were going to, boy, we would we'd be really proud of here. When we had our grand opening, we had a full house that day. That was exciting. We had a full house. But I'm, let me tell you, the only reason I wasn't scared to death that we were going to not be able to get everybody in here was because I've been involved in church for a long time. And I know that you, just because people tell you they're going to be here, it doesn't mean, it usually mean a whole lot. When we went, we, for four weeks, we were knocking doors, I mean, eight hours a day a lot of times. And we had, we had this huge list of people that said they were going to be there. We called it the sweetheart list that we made up. Some of you in here, you were on that, you were on that list and you came through and you, you showed up like you said you were going to. And, uh, but there was a bunch that didn't. Oh man, we're going to be there. Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to be there. I mean, there were these folks that we, uh, we've been talking to that they were all excited about the church coming. They were going to be there. I mean, for months they were telling us they're going to be there. I remember, Grand opening came. They didn't show up, and we were shocked. I mean, they, they, and then talked to them again that week. Oh yeah, we'll be there the next week. Didn't show up. Well, we'll be there. They never showed up, ever. They never came. I was out knocking doors the other day. I happened to run into their son, and I invited him to the church. And he's like, it's like, yeah, you know, I'll probably be there Sunday. You know what? I didn't hold my breath. And you know what? He didn't show up. <laughs> and the truth is, while you know it makes you feel good when people tell you they're going to do it. It doesn't really matter if they don't show up. I, I, I ran a bus route for several years at my old church, and we would go every Saturday. We'd go visit these kids and knock on the doors and ask them if they're going to uh, be at church. And a lot of times we talked to the parents and, oh yeah, they're going to be there. They're going to be there. And they knew that, and they were saying that because they knew that's what I wanted to hear. But at the same time, listen, if they're not going to be there, don't tell me they're going to be there because we, we're going to have to drive over here to pick them up and then. I'm not going to like it when they don't show up. And there's this one mom every single week. Oh, they're going to be there. They'll be there the next day. And I was like, okay, we both go there the next day. Oh, yeah, they're still sleeping. All right, we go visit the next day. They're going to be there. They're going to be there. Next day, they're sleeping. And, and you know, me, 
I wasn't real patient, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm done picking them up. But our bus driver, uh, great, great man, very merciful. You know, we ought to just give them one more chance, you know. And we'd go, and sure enough, they'd show up that week. And so then the next, then the next four weeks, they'd still be asleep, and they wouldn't come, and it would just drive me crazy. And then they'd come just enough, we'd keep going there, and it would drive me nuts. But the truth is, I mean, people tell you that all the time. But it doesn't matter if they don't do it. But when they do it, uh, when they do come, it's encouraging. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I was that first day when everybody came here. But you know what was equally more exciting? I remember I, I was excited about the first week, and I was nervous about the first week. But I was pretty confident we were going to have a lot of people show up. But what I was really worried about the whole time was the second week. I was like, what's going to happen after they come the first time? And I knew the second week we had a lot of people that came here, you know, friends and family that just wanted to be here for the first week. And I knew there wasn't going to be near as many people the next week. But I was very curious. I was like, what's, you know, who all is going to come back the next week? And then, after, and I knew we were going to have a big drop-off. I thought, how many is going to come the week after that when they see kind of a better reality of what the attendance is going to be like? And so you kept coming back. And I'm, I'm telling you, you have no idea what that did for me. And then, you know, and even some of you that have come later, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's encouraging when you have people that show up. And listen, we decided, we told our kids, I remember when we started, said, listen, when we start this church, it might be, we might not be able to get very many people to come. In fact, we might have some services where it's just us there. And I said, you know, and if that happens, we're going to thank God anyway, and we're going to stay faithful, and we're going to keep doing what we're supposed to do. And thank the Lord that hasn't happened yet. Uh, thankfully, I haven't had to just preach to my wife and kids even though they could use some extra preaching and get. And uh, I, I know all their problems and everything, but I can, I can do that at home. You know, <laughs> but uh, I thank God that hasn't happened. And let me tell you, it's encouraged me. And you have no idea how much. I know, I know other pastors that have started churches. So we're, uh, we're, we're hoping to go to a church planners conference uh, this week. And uh, a fellow I met there last year started a church in a very difficult area. Very, I mean, a uh, rough area to try starting a church. And I remember I was reading, uh, he had wrote a thing and just kind of told about their first service. And uh, they started with Sunday night services. And they had that, it was the first week was on Easter. And they showed up there, they had this place where they were all ready to go, they passed out flyers, they'd done all these things. And six o'clock rolled around, and it was just his family there. And. I remember he said that his daughter started crying. The daughter was probably a little older than Abby, and she was like, "I thought this was going to be fun." And they were they were they were feeling bad, and they were getting ready to start, and then four people ended up showing up late, and that and that encouraged them. Just those few people. Two of them were folks that already went to another church, but just wanted to be an encouragement to them. The other two were people that came in visiting, and I don't know. And I don't know what's happened since then. But let me tell you, it is. I'm just here to tell you that there's been a lot of guys that have gone out there, and they've been discouraged because they didn't have uh, people that were faithful. They didn't show up, and I'm here to tell you that it has meant so much to me personally. It's helped. Keep me going. It's helped keep me excited. And the Bible says in this verse we read in verse 24, it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. One of the reasons that we come to church is to motivate other people. Not only have you encouraged me, but I'm sure your attendance has encouraged other people in the pews. I mean, it, I remember uh, I heard a story one time. This isn't a true story, but it's a good story, so I'm going to tell it. But there was this fellow that he had this guy in his church that 
he had I mean he had some sin problems in his life and he thought man this guy's got to get it right so he's he preached on that guy's sin all the time and every week after the service that guy would shake the pastor's hand and say boy you really got him today pastor and he pastor saying man I was preaching at you I was trying to get you right and every week he told him the same thing well one day there was a big snowstorm and nobody showed up that day except for that guy he was the only one and so that pastor he's like man I got him now he's going to have to know this is for him so man he just went and he just let her rip for an hour and preached all on this guy's sins and all the problems this guy had. And after the service, that guy comes and he shakes the pastor's hand and says, Boy, Pastor, if the folks would have been here, you'd have really given it to him today. He, just, he never got it. But you know, it would be kind of awkward for you as individuals. And listen, if it was just you here, any of you, I'd thank God for it. But you know, I'll admit it, it probably, you probably wouldn't like it that much if you were the only one getting preached to. It would probably be a little discouraging for you if that was the case. And you I mean you're encouraged by other people that come and are a part of it. That faithfulness, it encourages you. It makes you want to come back. I've had people talk to me uh you know uh, in, uh, in the past and they're like, you know, what could mean what can we do? You know, people these days they just don't seem to care about church and it's hard to get younger people in church these days and and younger families and they're like, you know, what what can you even do? And I just I told them I said the one thing you can do is just make sure you're there. Because I said, you know, the truth is, we get you get different people in every now and then. And I said, imagine if when you guys came to the, and visited our church, if you would have been the only people there. You think you probably would have been less likely to come back? But you weren't. Other people's presence encouraged you, and you can do that same thing for other people. Your presence is huge. You showing up it helps keep other people going. And your presence, it, it does. It means a lot. But one thing your presence does that a lot of people don't realize, and this is where, remember, we're talking about trying to make a difference in our community, but your presence tells other people that you are in favor of what's going on in this place. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 6-8. through eight, I want to read this passage to you. Second Peter chapter 2. It says, in turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that should that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now I, I could do a whole message on this subject. I'm not going to do that. But remember, remember the story about Lot. Lot lived in the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. One thing that we see in this passage here that while Lot lived amongst wicked people, Lot did not do the wicked things that they did. The Bible says his righteous soul was vexed from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Lot looked at what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah and it bothered him. He didn't like it. He hated it. But Lot, he appeared to just be one of them. He was there among them. He lived among them. In the story in Genesis, the Bible said at first, he pitched his tent toward Sodom when he separated from Abraham. But later we see him, he's in the city, sitting in the gate. He was one of their leaders in that city. And you don't ever see him anywhere in the Bible speaking against what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. He's living among them. He's, I mean, ruling among them. And nothing is ever said 
And finally, when the angels come and they said, you know what, we're going to destroy the city because of their wickedness, Lot went to go tell his family. And the Bible says in Genesis, he seemed as one that mocked. For years, they're thinking, Dad, you've never seemed to have a problem with this. Dad, you've been... I mean, he hadn't been doing it, but he was there. He was there kind of giving his silent approval to what was going on. And you could say, well, I don't agree with what's going on here, but you're telling people you are when you show up here. We do it with all kinds of places. If I see you walk into, let's say, Friendship House, every week on Sunday after church, I see you go to the Friendship House. You know what I'm going to assume? You like their food. Their food must be good there. You, you approve of the service at that place because of your regular attendance there. That's what, that's what, if I, and then if I see somebody say like Brother Menez, me and him, we have very similar tastes when it comes to food. We both hate cheese. I mean, we, we've got a lot in common. When, if I see him going into a restaurant on a regular basis, he doesn't have to tell me anything about it. If I just see him going there, I'm thinking, you know what, I would probably like that place because we like all the same food. I, and so, it's, I might, if I'm hungry one day, you know what? I'm going to go try out that restaurant. Because I know a guy that approves of that place. And when people see you coming here, they think they must approve of what's going on here. They must, like, they, must, they must be for what is going on in that church. That's why it's important. The most important thing, I believe, when trying to decide a church is what the doctrine is in that church. Listen, if they're preaching on work salvation, if they're preaching on something that's going to send people to hell, you shouldn't be going there. Because you're going to be giving that silent approval to your kids every week. You're bringing them into that church and they're preaching that stuff that you know isn't true. And you're not saying anything about it. They're just going to assume, well, this must be okay. Dad must think this is okay. And where you go tells a lot about you. The kind of places that you shop. You know, that's why there's some places I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go eat at the bar. I don't approve of what's going on at that place. I don't want. To, I'm not going to go eat at the casino. They got good food there. I don't care. I don't approve of what's going on in that place. So I, I'm not. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go gamble. I, I'm just going to go eat. No, I'm not even going to do that. I don't want people thinking, "Hey, pastor supports this place." I, I, I want to be an example to people. And if I don't like what's going on, I'm not. I'm just. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go stand out there and hold a sign and you know tell people not to go there. But I'm not going to give my silent approval by being there. That's why you got to be careful. You know, people sometimes they'll go, maybe they'll go to the movie theater. You're watching a movie, and maybe they start blaspheming the name of God on there. Maybe they start uh, doing some type of immoral thing on there, and you're sitting in there and you're watching and you're laughing, and people are just going to think, "Hey, you must approve of what's going." On. You're okay with this. this film that's being played. And it might be some vulgar thing. Maybe you're just going there to watch Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. But you know, at the same time, there's a lot of nasty stuff that goes on that they show in some of those places. I don't want to make people think I approve of that. And you say, well, whether you like it or not, that's exactly what you're doing. And you do that when you come to church. You're showing people, I approve of what's going on here. Not too long ago, uh, Rick Santorum was in Dixon. Uh, they, he had he had a little thing there, and I remember uh, we decided, hey, you know what, let's go see this guy could become president. You know, but let's go over there and check that out. And I remember we went there, and, the real, and honestly, the real reason we were there 
we were wanting to see the Duggars. I don't know if y'all know who the Duggars are, but they were. They, we knew they were going to be there. We wanted to see them. Yeah, we got we got to see some of them. And I remember we're there, and uh, you know, and when you're at something like that, that kind, you know, they like big crowds because it makes it look like a lot of people are supporting this person. But there was this one group of people that were there, standing off to the side. The Democratic headquarters was right by where he was making his speech. And it was funny because there's a bunch of people out there standing on this, on the steps, right there, and they're all like this. All right, which everybody knows that's kind of a defense mechanism. When you don't like the message, you know, you kind of it's kind of like a block thing. The uh, body language experts, you know, they they tell you that they're all kind of standing there like that, listening. They're there, but they made sure, they made sure people knew, hey, we don't approve of this. Look where we're standing. Look how we're standing. You know, <laughs> we're we're here just because. But at the, uh, because. You kind of give that impression. And we actually, we didn't have time to go there at all. We were supposed to be somewhere, but we wanted to see the Duggars. And I remember we got, we went, uh, we needed a leave. And I didn't want to just like walk out in the middle of a speech because I didn't want to look like I had a problem with what he was saying because I didn't. I, I liked what he was saying uh, for the most part. But I remember, so we just kind of slowly, slowly snuck out, you know, kind of walked backwards because, because that, that, you know, that too. I mean, I've been in church before. Somebody didn't like what was being preached. And all of a sudden, they get up and they go walking out. And that speaks pretty loud, doesn't it? Walking out on something. Because it, because the truth is, your attendance communicates a lot. Your cars that are sitting out there shows that, hey, there's people that approve of what's going on here. Their cars are here. They're there on, on Sunday morning. They're there maybe not on Sunday night and on Wednesday night. You know what? I ought to go check that out. And you can help. Make a difference. If you believe this church is preaching the truth, if it's doing the right thing, hopefully you want other people, other people to be a part of it. And you would encourage them to do that. And your attendance, it helps in everything. Also, it says that what you believe what's going on here is important. And you show that by your faithfulness, by being here when you're here every week. It's like, man, they're all, you can always, I know where they're going to be at on Sunday morning. They're going to be in church. People see that consistency. And when they see that, they think, man, this must be important to them. This is something they take serious. It's not something that they miss every time there's an excuse. They're always there. And let me tell you, I believe what goes on in church is important. I mean, we're, uh, the Gospel is being preached. We're trying to bring people to Christ. This is an important thing that we ought to take serious. And your faithfulness, it communicates that to other people. They're always at church when the doors are open. Maybe what's going on, they take it serious. Some people, they don't take church serious. Church is just something they do to make themselves feel good. It's something they do every Christmas and Easter. It's something that's just, you know, it's not that important. And unfortunately, by their lack of faithfulness, many times they communicate that to their children. And their children grow up thinking, ah, church is no big deal. Church isn't that important. Attendance isn't that important. And then... While the parents were kind of in and out, the kids out completely. And listen, it's important. I, I grew up, man. We were. My dad always tried to teach. You know, being in the house of God is important. If we were ever traveling on vacation, if it was a Sunday or Wednesday, we always made sure we visited a church somewhere. We'd always go. Sometimes we went to churches that were great. Sometimes we went to churches that were so boring that I mean, you just wanted to. You just wanted to. You wanted to walk out of the place. You wanted to run out of the place. I mean, there was some that we went to that was just terrible. I remember we went to a church one time where we literally doubled the crowd, our family. There was seven of us in our family, and uh, there was 13 people at that service. And uh, there, 
You know, you, you never knew what was going to happen. I've been in some weird churches before. It's like, man, there's a lot of weird people here. Maybe our visitors are thinking that today. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I've been there. But you know what? My dad, like, my dad always taught us that you know what? The great thing about visiting other churches, if it's a good church, it's encouraging. You can get some good ideas from it and things. And if it's a bad church, it'll make you thankful for your church. And so we always, we always, I love, I love visiting other churches. I love, I love going and doing that. And your faithfulness, it's important. Also, I mentioned you encourage, you encourage others who are there. We want to provoke people onto love and into good works. How can you do that if you're not there? Maybe there. May, listen, you might be. Uh, and if you are, if you are, please don't answer this question to yourself. But you know, there may be some people here that spiritually you are at a point where if you you could maybe go a month or two without church, and you're not going to go fall deep into a life of sin. You might keep reading your Bible. You might keep praying. You might keep doing a lot of good things. You you might be at that level spiritually. I don't claim to be there. Uh, I, but and I, I I hope you would. But let's. I'm, I'll just give you that one. You're spiritual enough. You can miss church as much as you want, and you'll still be spiritual. You'll still stay close to God. You'll still read your Bible and all that. We're, we're, we'll give you that part of the argument. But you know what? There may be somebody else here. Maybe somebody that you're friends with. Somebody you've gotten closer to. That they're not there. Maybe they're kind of on the edge. They they're struggling spiritually. Maybe they haven't been saved real long. Maybe they've been saved a while and they're, maybe they're backslidden. And the truth is, they need to be in the house of God. They're one big sin away from ruining their whole life. They're one big sin away from maybe destroying their marriage or just, or maybe they're one sin away from ending up in prison. You don't know what's going on in the lives of everybody else. And your attendance does encourage them. And you may be able to miss a service and be fine spiritually, but they may not, and your uh, your attendance affects them, and it motivates them to keep on being a part of it. And it may help keep them from some sins. It may help them to grow spiritually. You're you're motivating other people. We need that. Listen. So uh, in our culture today, church is becoming less and less important. Fewer and fewer people. The percentages are not good. People who are a part of a church. And a lot of that is because so many have kind of just put it on the back burner and they've not shown up. And that showing up, it is huge when it comes to motivating pastor, other members, visitors. Listen, there's pastors all over the place that are quitting, leaving the ministry. And listen, I don't like to pick on guys when they do that. But it can be tough sometimes. There's guys you know, trying to pastor places where the people are doing nothing but giving them grief. And... You all haven't done that to me. I thank the Lord that you've all done nothing but encourage me. But they're quitting. You know why? Because they just can't. They can't get any support. They can't, couldn't get anybody to help them. They couldn't get anybody to show up, and it's discouraged them. And their discouragement has caused, has kind of scared other people away from maybe doing the same thing. And we need to be encouraging people to do more. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is, but it says, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As time goes on, we're, we don't need church less. We need it more. We need it more today than we ever have as this world gets more wicked. You need to be in the house of God. We need to exhort people more to be in here. They need it now more than ever. I mean, 
pretty much everything we're teaching here is the exact opposite of what the world's teaching was being promoted through the news media and through television. It's the complete opposite. And listen, you're only hearing this kind of thing you know, a couple hours a week compared to being bombarded from the world all the time. And listen, we need this. We need this. You get away from it very long. A lot of people think, you know what, the whole world's wicked. Everybody's doing it. No, not everybody's doing some of these things. God's got people all over. The problem is, we're not around them enough. We don't know them enough. But there are people that are doing right. I thank God there are other churches that are out there preaching the truth, that are sticking by the book, and that are doing the right thing and seeing great things happen. And we can definitely be one of those. But we do. We motivate others. You can motivate other people when they're not here. In John chapter 20, verse 19 through 29, I'm not going to tell the story, but this is after the resurrection. Jesus showed up while the disciples, it says they were assembled. They're having church. It's the first day of the week. It's on Sunday. They're having church. And Jesus Christ, He shows up in the midst of them. And boy, they were excited. They were thrilled to death. But there was one guy that wasn't there. Thomas. He didn't show up for church that day. And you know what? The disciples, they're all telling him, hey, Jesus was here with us. And you know what He said? I don't believe it. Not unless I see the... If I put my finger in that hole in His side and in His hands... Then I'll believe, but I don't believe. You know what? Thomas, he didn't want to admit that he missed something good. He didn't want to admit it. But you know what? The next week, when they all assembled, Thomas was there. He was there. And sure enough, Jesus showed up again. And he looks at Thomas. He says, Behold my hands and my side. Thomas, he said, My Lord and my God. Thinking, all right, I got the experience too. I got to see Jesus. Oh, I believe now that I've seen it. He is kind of proud of himself and Jesus kind of deflates him. says, Thomas, you believe because you've seen. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Thomas didn't impress Jesus one bit by believing after he had seen Him. But you know what? I believe that we please God every week when we show up. Jesus, We haven't seen Jesus Christ physically here. But the Bible says we're two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. We believe He's here by faith. And that pleases God. And you know what? We ought to talk about it. The disciples, they told Thomas, hey, the Lord showed up here. You know, you ought to tell people, hey, I went to the church of men. The Lord spoke to my heart for this message. He helped me. Hey, the Lord saved my soul. I gave my heart to Christ. He saved me. I'm going to heaven. You ought to tell people about that. They'll be skeptical at first, but you know what? They might like Thomas to show up just in case. I wonder if something's going to happen. And then maybe it'll happen to them. Maybe that maybe they'll meet Christ. Talk about talk about the singing. Listen, I mean, even if you don't think it's that good, talk about how funny it is. People, everybody wants a good laugh. I tell people all the time the only thing I like more than a really good special is a really sorry one. I mean, I've heard some doozies, I tell you. I've been in church as long as I have. I mean, and you've heard a few doozies here for me before. I've had some of those days where my voice wants to crack and where I struggle a little bit. But you know what? Uh, you know, thankfully, you all encourage me. You're all gracious. And you know what? If you laugh, I'll get over it. But uh, I've been there before. And uh, talk about it. People, people want to hear. Listen. It, if all you're doing is, man, our pastor, he's so boring, he can't sing, uh, I mean, just, I don't know why I go there. I mean, do you really think your friend's going to want to come here? All right, like we talked about restaurants. 
I, have, you, have you ever had somebody that's like, man, that restaurant, that food there is nasty, it's dirty, and you don't even want to go there. Because all the bad things they've said. And it's like we do that about church, and then we have, you know, a friend day or something, you're supposed to invite your friends, you can't figure out why none of your friends want to come. Well, after all the things you've been saying, why would they, why would they want to come here and talk about it? But most of all, talk about what God has done for you. Listen, people, they, they want, they want something that's real. But here's, here's the truth, and I'm not trying to be critical. Listen, I, I don't believe we're the only church in town preaching the gospel, but you know what? Not every place that calls itself a church is teaching the truth. Not everything that's going on in churches today is for real. There's a lot, there is a lot of fake out there. And because of that, it's turned many people away from going to church at all. But listen, if you believe what's going on here is real, if you believe what God has done in your life is real, you ought to tell people about it because people are looking for something that's real. And your attendance, you being here, can help other people to come and find something that can change their life. Not because of, not because of me, but because of this book. I'm, I'm preaching stuff here. I'm teaching stuff that this is real. This is the Word of God. I don't have I don't have any special abilities. But I've got I've got the word of God. I believe the Holy Spirit uh, he he works here. He speaks through the through the music, and I know he does through his word. And we need to get people in here, and you being here helps with that so much. It is what makes the difference. Church, it's a called out assembly. Don't forsake that assembly. Take it serious. Your attendance. Does matter. There's there's reasons to be gone. People, you get sick sometimes. You know, there's traveling things like that. Listen, I'm not saying if you ever miss, you're a heathen or anything like that. But we're talking about forsaking or just taking it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Take it serious. Make it make it a priority. You know, there's some things. You know, if you've got, if you you know, if you got to have a surgery done, you need open heart surgery or something. Or, uh, you know, Miss Alma she's going to have her gallbladder taken out on Wednesday. You know, I hope she doesn't show up at church on Wednesday. She needs to get that taken care of. That's pretty important. But you know what? I hope you don't miss, because that's when your favorite TV show is on. <laughs> Especially this day and age, just record it. Take it serious. Make it a priority. And you, by doing that, you can help make a difference. I believe you've already done that and are doing that, but we need to continue doing it. And I hope this has motivated you to do that. So let's all stand together, their heads bowed and eyes closed.